Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we welcome in the legendary Bob Irving from Edmonton as we preview the Elks against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What is it going to look like for the Elks starting a rookie quarterback? The Bombers making a switch at kicker. These topics and more on the podcast. Calling the action here on CJOB is Bob Irving, who is in Edmonton and joins us now. Bob, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. Christian, how are you? Good. Today, uh, Today's a travel day for you, I guess? Well, yeah. Actually, I came in last night. Okay. Got here quite late uh, in time for Edmonton's media avail uh, this morning, and we got to meet their new young quarterback, Taylor Cornelius. And he's a man of few words, I can tell you that, Christian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you listened to some of the audio. Well, and, we, yeah, uh, played it earlier in the show. There wasn't much. Right. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a lot to say. He's a very quiet guy, and obviously, he, you know, he hasn't played, so he's not going to make any bold statements. And you know, I think he's probably focusing on this big moment for him tomorrow night, and and isn't prepared to say a lot about what he might do. But uh, I know they have high hopes for him here in Edmonton. Their coach Jamie Elizondo had him in the XFL in Tampa. And uh, really grew to like him there. As a matter of fact, Elizondo talked him to come to Edmonton and sign with the Elks, and they kind of see him as their their future if Trevor Harris uh, doesn't play a lot longer or can't get healthy. So we're going to get a good look at Taylor Cornelius tomorrow night. How I understand that the situations are totally different and each circumstance is different, but we saw this just about about a month ago when Calgary started Jake Mayer, who no one knew really much about, and he put up big numbers. They went one and two, but. We could definitely see that again tomorrow. We don't know much about the guy, but it's a it's a team that likes what they saw, so maybe we'll see some success with Cornelius. Who knows? Well, that's what Edmonton is hoping for. You know, they've drawn that parallel here, and they've also gone back about uh, 20 years, Christian, 19 years, when Jason Moss was the quarterback of the Edmonton Elks, and uh, he got hurt, and a guy named Ricky Ray who had been playing semi-pro ball and driving a Frito-Lay truck down in California, got a chance to play. And as they say, the rest is history. Ricky had a very impressive first game, and away he went. And we're talking to Zach Kolaris today, and his first start, which he remembers well, um, he led the Toronto Argonauts to a victory. Now, the difference, I guess, between him and Taylor Cornelius is that uh, Kolaris had been in Toronto. And, you know, he'd... uh, been around a lot longer than Taylor Cornelius has but uh, he remembered uh, Zach remembered his first start very well they won the game and he said it was a game he'll never forget so yeah if you're the Edmonton Elks you're kind of hoping that lightning strikes and that uh, Mr. Cornelius lights it up and makes a sensational debut and of course the Bombers have other plans as you might guess Christian yes and all they've said, and they said this when Jake Mayer started, is, you know, we're not going to get overconfident because the backup is in. We're not going to – it's a rookie. We're not going to get, you know, too high. But the reality is this is a tough, tough gig for Cornelius coming in against what has been the best defensive front in the CFL this year. Well, sure, and and the looks he'll see again will be many and varied with Willie Jefferson, you know, lining up at defensive end and then moving into the middle or dropping off in coverage and all the rest of it. The thing that Cornelius has going for him is he's got a terrific running back in James Wilder, who's having an outstanding year so far, and he's got some really good receivers. Uh, he's a big, tall kid. He's six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds, and apparently he's got a real gun for an arm. Uh, so he's got some some things going for him, including some good people around him. Now, the thing he has going against him and 
his primary obstacle will be that Winnipeg defense, which is having a a season to remember, Christian. You've looked at these numbers. They've given up 12.7 points a game and through six games in the Canadian Football League. That's quite remarkable. And, you know, the Bomber defense, as they've done in the past, they give up yards, but they just don't give up points. And they're doing it again this year. And so it's going to be fun to see the interaction between them and young Cornelius tomorrow night and uh, see if Cornelius can get anything going. I know in the early stages, the Bombers want to send a message to the kid and say, look, you know, uh, you're playing against the best defense in the league and we're not going to let you get going. Now, whether or not Richie Hall, the Bomber defensive coordinator, will, you know, kind of throw a bunch of blitzes at him early, uh, that wouldn't be Richie's style. He typically would play his normal style of defense. Uh, so I'm kind of anxious to see whether or not Richie will change things up a bit tomorrow night and just kind of throw the kitchen sink at this kid and see how he handles it. Well, and I'm I'm interested, too, to see if Edmonton can get in the end zone because the, it's blue, the Blue Bombers are great at keeping teams out of the end zone. The Edmonton Elks are not good at getting into the end zone. They pile up yards. Trevor Harris, the leading passer, in the CFL, James Wilder Jr., the leading rusher, he doesn't have a rushing touchdown this year. The Elks have been pretty bad at getting points on the board. And so everything on paper, Bob, would say that this should be the Bombers' game to win for sure tomorrow. Yeah, of course it should. Everything on paper should say that. And you're right about the Elks. They've only scored six offensive, t- offensive touchdowns. The Bombers have scored 15. And yet here's the irony, Christian. Edmonton leads the CFL with 381 yards per game, and the Bombers are seventh with 332. So, again, it's it's a scenario where you can throw statistics uh, out the window. Yes, the Elks can move the ball, but you're right, they haven't been able to get it in the end zone, and the Bombers may not pile up the gaudy uh, total yards numbers, but when they get a chance to score, they score. And, of course, they're helped by their defense in setting them up and scoring as well. So, yeah, it's a, it's a game that, look, Winnipeg's favored, I think, by seven on the betting line and on the road when a team's favored by seven. That's, you know, that's really something. So they should be favored, and in particular because the Elks don't have Trevor Harris. You know, the Bombers beat Edmonton in both games they played in 2019, but Trevor Harris in those two games, Christian, threw for almost 800 yards. 800 yards. So, you know, he was very dangerous against the Bombers in 2019 with that quick passing game. And uh, the Bombers would never say it, but I expect they're quite uh, delighted that Harris is not playing. Well, yards is part of it, but again, it's not the be-all, end-all, right? If you've got a good scoring defense, that matters more than giving up yards. And the Bombers have had that. And takeaways, too. Edmonton's defense has one takeaway through five games, so they bring in Derek Moncrief. How much of a difference do you think he'll make at the Sam linebacker position? Well, he's an outstanding player. He was an all-star in Saskatchewan before he went to to the NFL. The one thing you wonder about when players have their first game back uh, from the National Football League is are they as tuned in as they should be? And we've seen it so many times in the past where it takes a a player a game or two to get sort of acclimated back to the Canadian Football League. Moncrief spoke to the media today, and he said all the right things, and he should be able to slide right in there and play well. But still, he's stepping into a defense that he hasn't played in before. And so whether or not he can make the kind of impact that uh, down the road they expect him to make, I don't know. So the Bombers make just one tweak on their roster, and that's adding Ali Mortada, who was brought in a few weeks ago as a kicker after Tyler Carpina got hurt. So the Bombers have seen enough of Mark Leggio, I guess, place kicking. 
Well, for now they have. Yes, that's true. Uh, Mortad is going to do all the place kicking tomorrow night. He's going to do the kicking off, and they uh, are hoping to get a, about an extra 10 yards in distance on the kickoffs with him doing that. And then he's going to do the field goals. And, you know, you heard him earlier in the week say he feels his range on a calm day is as much as 63 yards. Uh, there won't be a calm day uh, tomorrow night. won't be calm if today's any indication because it was quite windy here today. So we'll see. Uh, anxious to watch him. He's 31 years old. And, you know, he's, you talk about journeyman. He is the classic case of a journeyman. You know, he's been in all sorts of uh, small leagues, and he's had tryouts, and he's been at kicking schools and all the rest of it. And he was recommended. Here's an interesting fact. He was actually recommended to the Bombers by Justin Medlock, among others, oh. because Medlock, had, Medlock has seen him at some of these kicking schools and, and thinks he has tremendous potential. So... Uh, we're going to get a, a look at Mortada tomorrow night. If he's, uh, well, he's not going to make anybody forget Justin Medlock, but if he can kick it off a little deeper and be a little more consistent on the place kicks, uh, that will augur well for the Bombers because that's an area, the one area this year where they haven't been very good. Well, they're 5-1 and one with by no means a steady kicking game. Leggio had that one game where he went 4-4 four for four on the field goals after the early convert miss, but he's 5-8 for eight on field goals, 5-8 for eight on converts. His kickoff average is ninth in the CFL, and yeah. so that you know, despite that, they're five and one, and so there's not really much of a risk here to give Murtada a shot taking out Toby Antigua from the roster. Well, that's right, and you know, field position we have said so many times is critically important in football, and if you're always losing the kicking battle in terms of exchanging and the yards on the exchange, it's very difficult to get the kind of field position you'd like to, to use to your advantage. And yet, as you said, in spite of that, the Bombers are 5-1. and one. Imagine how much uh, better their overall team will be if they can get that kicking game ramped up a little bit, and that's what they're hoping Mortata will do for them tomorrow night and uh, and maybe for the rest of the season, depending on how he performs tomorrow. You know, he's he's... Not so much under the gun, but he's on trial. That's what he is. Leggio, I think, is still the future as their place kicker, but Mortada has a chance now to, to win a spot tomorrow night and keep the spot for the rest of the year if he kicks well. Well, and one of the questions people will have is, if Justin Medlock recommended him so highly because of the potential, why was he playing in like an indoor football league in Massachusetts? Yeah. <laughs> Where was he? Why didn't anyone else pick him up? I don't know. I can't answer that. I, all I know <laughs> is that Medlock... Liked his leg strength, liked his process. I hate to use that word because the athletes use it all the time, but he liked his process, liked his demeanor, uh, and all the rest of it, and just felt that, uh, you know, if this guy gets a full-blown chance somewhere, which I guess he's never received. Uh, he's, as I say, he's been at tryouts and with various teams, but sometimes you just don't get an opportunity. Well, he's going to get one tomorrow, and we'll see if the faith that Medlock had in him uh, pays off. He does personal training, but you have to admire the passion of a guy who's still following the, the dream of kicking in his early 30s when he hasn't really had that big shot in a major pro league. Yeah, no, that's for sure. He's, uh, you know, and one of the things you'll hear him say on our pregame show tomorrow night is that he just refused to, just refuses to give up. He refuses to go away. He, he's, you know, he loves doing it. He says he just loves the process of kicking. And even if he hadn't been invited to try out for the Bombers, he would still be working on his kicking. And I guess waiting ultimately for that chance to be on a team and win a spot and make a professional career out of it. It's funny when he said, you know, I am a personal trainer. That's how I pay the bills. <laughs> Their kicking is just 
something I do to because I love it. It's a process that I love. So I don't know if he does make it. He will be the ultimate example of a guy, you know, refusing to give up and just insisting on keeping at it until he got where he was going. Before I let you go, Bob, just a thought on the CFL picture as a whole, as Calgary has taken a 10-9 lead over Hamilton. Who's the second best team in the CFL right now? Boy, that's a very good question, Mr. O'Mell. Seven through eight, you can almost put anyone anywhere. Yeah, I would I would throw a few caveats in there. I still think Calgary is a team to be reckoned with. Uh, I know Bo Levi's had a rough first half in this game against Hamilton, although he's having a much better second half. So the Stampeders, I I think, can still be there. I think this Elks team on paper is as good as any team behind the Blue Bombers. Now, that's when they have Trevor Harris at quarterback. And how long he'll be out, we don't know. He's on the sixth game, and he won't necessarily miss six games. And we don't know what Cornelius is going to do, but – I think the Elks have a lot of good players and a team that, uh, you know, at the end of it all, they could be very, very much in the thick of it. Um, Hamilton, when they get their quarterback straightened away, I still think that's a pretty good club. I'm curious about BC, and we're going to see BC. The Bombers are going to see them in two of their next five games. You know, the Lions are off to a pretty decent start. Michael Riley appears to have gotten over that arm problem that he had, and he's throwing the ball well. And, of course, he's one of the great quarterbacks we've had in the league in the last few years. So, you know, those teams, I think, all have a chance to kind of move up and and challenge. But right now the Bombers are – and I shouldn't – you know, I shouldn't exclude Saskatchewan. I really shouldn't. I – you know, as long as Fajardo can stay upright, again, I think they can be a factor. But, look – the best team in the league so far is Winnipeg. And if they can make some hay in these next uh, four or five weeks, Christian, man, they can they can almost run away from the pack in the West. The West final in Winnipeg. I know the, the last time they had a bye, it was the East final in 2011, right? When was the last time the Bombers would have hosted a West final? Ah, uh, 2011. The oh. last time they hosted a West final, they went to the Great Cup that year, December Wasn't that the, the 5th. Was that the East final? Or was that the alignment? Or am I getting my alignment wrong? Yeah, it might have been East. I'm trying to think. Yeah, because they played BC in the Great Cup, so it would be East final. But the last time they hosted a West final, holy dine, I've got to go to the record book that's on that why, one. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, because I figured <laughs> yeah. it's it's been a minute for sure. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, of course. We're not going to put the cart too far in front of the horse. Bob, appreciate your time, as always, and good luck with the call tomorrow night. All right, Christian, thanks. That is Bob Irving, the one and only, the legendary, joining us here on the CJB Sports Show from his hotel room in Edmonton. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.